2: Hi everyone, welcome to Wolves Fancast, Matt Guy here talking you through uh, today's game where on a day Norwich, Bournemouth and Watford relegated, Villa survive due to Hawkeye (laughs) on a day uh, where Wolves are finishing in 7th place, the second consecutive season. Um, Lads, how are we doing today? We were joined with uh, Rich Hobbs, how are we doing?
1: Hello everyone. I'm good, actually, weirdly.
2: Uh, By uh, Jordan. How are we doing, Jordan?
3: Probably not as perky as Rich, to be honest with you, but, you know, (laughs) uh, as as the kids say, we move.
2: We certainly do. Sorry, Rich, so how are you feeling today, Mace?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I guess there's a level of, I was going to say, retrospectiveness isn't there, of what we, do you look on today? Do you look on the last nine games or do you look on the last 38 league games mm. and I think if you go off today it it weren't great we're gonna don't, we're, we're gonna get into it if you go off the the um nine ten games um since the restart I think our form's probably been relatively consistent to uh, without sort of looking at a form table not gonna lie um you know probably seven is we probably are about seventh um, in in that table. You know, half good, up a mid-table. And over the season, I think it's kind of reflected on it. Um, You know, um, for anyone who sort of heard Roy Keane before the game saying, Wolves aren't a great side, they're a good side. And I saw a few fans online getting a bit annoyed by it. Mm. And actually, I saw some go, you know what, I completely agree as well. And I fit into that camp. We're a good team, but we do have flaws. We do have these inconsistent streaks. We have these lapses in concentration, like we showed today, which is the difference between being the seventh best team and bridging that gap to, you know, the the, the top six or even the top four. It's yeah. if you cut out those mistakes, then you're through. And obviously, you can go over the course of a season in terms of. Little error, you know, errors whether they are of wolves doing or the referees doing, um, which again we're going to go on to, and you'll be able to make it. We'll be able to make it twenty points or ha- however many.
2: Yeah. But
1: there's nineteen other teams in the league who'd well, eighteen um, minus Liverpool, who'd probably say the same thing.
2: So yeah, I mean, we will go over the game today. We are going to be doing an end of season review where we'll kind of look at the season as a whole. Um, so today we're going to look at the Chelsea results, uh, look at Olympia costs, um including the view from the other side, um, from, a Ch- from the Chelsea fancast. And because I think we need a little pick-me-up, we're going to have a little quiz as well. I hope that's all right for you guys. I know it's um, putting pressure when we we're on we a three-man booth. But I do want to focus on one positive today. Um, Matt Doty's joined the 300 Club, been with us for absolutely ages now. Depending on where you read, 75k to 81k. Signing and way back in 2010, I believe. Um, George, come to you first. In the modern era, have we had a better value signing? So, I'm not talking about free signings so much, I'm talking about people that we've paid money for. Have we had a better value player? Um, in the modern era, um, I think you'd be hard
3: pushed to say, you know, to argue any otherwise, really. I mean, we paid 75 grand for a player who. You know, made his debut under Mick in the Prem, um, mm. all the way down to League One, back up again. And you know what, like, in terms of a right-wing back, I, I said it earlier on this season in the podcast, like, as a right-wing back in the system we play, there's only Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think I'd swap him for in the Premier League, mm. um, which is a big statement. I know there's probably better footballers out there, but the way he plays our system and how vital he is to the systems, um, you notice when he's not on the pitch, which is yeah. all we need to say about Matt Docherty for me. Um, I mean, even today. I mean, we were absolutely abysmal today. But I thought we were worse when we did take. I know Doherty come off in that treble sub. But as soon as Doherty went off, we didn't even have that out ball from Patricio or Cody to you know to even get out. I thought you know as soon as we took him off, we looked worse. So mm-hmm. I think that's you know that's credit to Matt Doherty as a as a Wolves legend. I mean. Ultimately, he's probably due a testimonial very anytime soon as well, isn't he? So, Yeah, absolutely. And and he deserves one. So, yeah, 100%. A great player and a great servant
2: for the club. I'd say so, absolutely. Um, Rich, in terms of, you know, he's been through um, the the, the 10 years now, coming into 10 years of um, service to the club. He's been through a lot of managers in that time. Do we think there's any one manager in particular where we've seen the best out of him, or does it have to just be Nuno for some of the football that we are playing that he's a massive integral part of?
1: Well, I think um, yeah, that sort of, kind of sprung to me when Jordan was speaking in way because obviously he's someone who hasn't almost found his ceiling yet. And personally, you know, I'll be honest, I've probably not been his biggest fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even sort of back in the championship, isn't arguably ever said. Last season, as well, if you looking at areas to improve where we could improve upon it was that right center half and also right wing position and don't get me wrong, he contributed goals assist last season as well and but there's always that is he that is he going to be able to push us into that top six um you know Europa league pace but time and again he he's kind of consistently shown that you know he, he's not look overawed at any level that we've played so far um you know, that, that's testament to the man himself more than anything else, that, you know, he's shirked off competition, you know, uh, you know, as well as it, he kind of really sort of embedded himself in the team in that League One season. He played yeah. a little bit Championship when he got relegated that year, but, you know, he from memory anyway, he wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't someone who played lots of games and he was a full-on starter. But, you know, in that, in the League One campaign, he was fighting for Ricketts for his place. Yep. Um, the season after, he was fighting Iortha for, for the place. You know, the season after that, um, it was, again, Iortha, and he went and sort of played a little bit um, at left-back as well the following season um, under Lambert as well. So, you know, he's someone who has always wanted to play, and I think that kind of must stand out for managers, hence why he, Again, I think he said it in his interview earlier this week, you know, I'm still in the team. I must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. And yep. that, that's sort of it. And you've got, got to keep hoping he keeps pushing forward. And as Jordan said, he's so much a, a system player. Um, you know, would he be able to play um, at right back for Man United next season? Probably not. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't, he wouldn't probably... You know, I don't think it would necessarily work well in their system The system wouldn't necessarily work well for you But for a lot of Wolves players They've either adapted To the the formation And style of play if they were there before and Like Cody and Doherty Or they've been brought in to play That system and uh, again I think that's a massive testament to him That he's changed his game um, I guess in answer to your question He's played his best Football under Nuno But he's shown the professionalism under the likes of jacket and it and under Lambert
2: to so probably mm-hmm. get him to where he is now. Yeah. I mean, echo exactly what, what both of you said really is a, is a player that always in and around some of the good things that we do as a team, when we are on top form, when it comes to our attacking um, play that is so lorded over. Um, he's always around the conversation he's chipped in with with enough goals and assists this season that we can really have him as a as a really good impact player for us when you know when we need a goal maybe not so much project restart as as i think as a team we've struggled creatively throughout project restart or, or post i should say but i don't think it can be underestimated his contribution to the team and where we are now as a as, as a benefit to um what he's been doing for us um so the elephant's in the room, really. We need to talk about the Chelsea game. So we'll move on to that. So going into the game today, big permutations depending on the result. We needed a win. We couldn't rely on any other team to do us a favour. Um, Palace, don't think any of us expected Palace to get a point, let alone win the game, to be fair. So I don't think we, you know, we, we were relying on us winning the game. What were your kind of initial thoughts going into the game? George, I'll ask you first. What were you kind of hoping would happen, where did you think we were going to be in terms of a performance prior to the game itself?
3: Well, I saw 3-4-3 three, three, and I thought, right, you know, we're playing, you know, at least we're looking like we're going to have a go for it. It's a big thing I said about the Sheffield United game, and I know I put it in the, in the group earlier as well, like, it's just no intent, like in terms of today, ultimately, we, we couldn't take, you know, in theory, it was in our hands, but you know, after watching Palace at Molyneux last Monday, I think we all expected Spurs to beat them. And I mean, lo and behold, they haven't beat them, surprisingly. <laughs> um, but you know what? Like, we've lined up three four three, and I think that Pedence was probably the unluckiest man ever to not be starting the game after, yeah. you know, the last few performances he had. Brought back Jotter and you know, I'm one of Jotter's biggest fans. I don't think he's been very good for a while. Um and, you know, first half, I mean Raul, Jota, the ball just never stuck. It was like a pinball. Like it was, it was, it was embarrassing, really, that we couldn't even put, you know, trap the ball. Um, and you know, it was sort of meandering out to sort of a nil-nil at half-time, like you know, we're so used to. And again, we were a bit passive, but you know, it gives us a the foundation then to bring on try all right. And you know, Chelsea would have to come out to us as well and try and get a goal. It probably suit us to start hitting them on the counter a bit more. Yeah. Um, I mean, as soon as he gave the free kick. I thought it looked a bit soft. And you see the replay, and you just see, it's just an absolute Tom Daly dive. <laughs> um, yeah. But you just knew exactly what was going to happen as soon as it was put down on the floor. You just knew, typical, it was just going to go in the back of the net and it's a cracking hit by Mason Mount, who he impressed yeah. me all day, to be fair. It oh, is. Um, the second goal was just, honestly, if, you, if, you know, if my pub team see that on a Sunday, we'd, we'd be getting pelt from the gaffer. It was just yeah. so. It was just so. It was sloppy, like the whole thing. Like the free kick from Cody was just a bit of a, a nothing, rushed nothing ball. Bollies got sucked out, and then I don't. I don't know what Cody's trying to do when you know Cody's favourite for the ball when Giroud's knocked it round Patricio. and I don't know how Giroud is beaten to the ball because Giroud, Giroud again, I really rate him as a player. He's very limited, but he does a fantastic job. Like he's out sprinted Cody. Like I reckon, if you looked on FIFA, his pace would be about forty. <laughs> yeah, it's low. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I had no idea how he, how Cody didn't get the ball.
2: Rich, let's get straight into it, bud. In terms of, in terms of the goals, then we need to talk about that free kick that wasn't. I don't want to make this I um, I don't want to make this a podcast about VAR again for the millionth time this season. Um... But let's call it how it is. It's not a free kick, is it?
1: No. And I I mean, probably out of everyone on the fan cast, I've always led with a fairly fundamental view when it comes to refereeing. that it's not that it doesn't impact the result, but you shouldn't let it impact what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Uh, You know, so, for for example, I think I saw, again, online, people saying, well, we wouldn't have conceded that second goal without the bad decision for the first goal. It's like, no, you need to be professional. You just need to get on with it because there's Mm -hmm. nothing you can do. As soon as he gives away, you know, as soon as the ref blows a whistle and he says it's a free kick, there is nothing in the laws of the game that Pedro Neto or Ruben Neves will be able to do. No, the ref's not going to turn around and say, yeah, no, I think you're right, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, but it does not make it any less frustrating when you know it's a clear dive and you know for the five seconds it takes to look on a replay and you know don't get me wrong I think the refs from what I can remember the refs got a tough view on it because he's behind it I think if you're sideways on it you see that there's no contact and it's all he sees is Neto lift up his leg, and then start bringing it down, down, and then although, you know go down goes down like a sack of spuds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, the free kick. Uh, you say it's unsavable. It's a great. You know, he's done it. Mason's done everything right um, from the free kick. Don't think Patricio. You know, you can sort of lay any blame at him. It's one of them. It's a dead ball situation and he's, he's done what a quality player in England will do. The second one, as Jordan says, that is not a goal. You, you know we, We've conceded one. What, what, what time did the goal go in? Like 40 second minutes? Something like that. Just on the stroke of half-time. Mm-hmm. And knowing our rules play, and we are slow in our build-up, I have no idea what was going through Connor Cody, who, between him, Neves, and Martino, who was on the bench, Their their job is to dictate the play. They control the tempo. If we go fast, it's through them. If we go short, if we go long, it's all through them. And, you know, the the blame for me sort of lies with Cody on that because we're a couple of minutes on the clock, just wind it down. You know, unless we think we're going to really get a chance to do it, but the whole team just seemed like to be on four different wavelengths, mm. and you know, it's just a systematic breakdown. As Jordan said, if you do that in pub football, you know, we, we scored against um Palace just before breaking, like right? Well, but uh, Cody said in his interview that's the best time for us to score a goal, going at the break with a lead, and for them, us to almost be at the behest of that we, it was really frustrating because we're not usually a Back. we're not usually a poor team when it comes to doing, you know, when it comes to managing situations like that on the pitch. Ironically, the two times this season it springs to mind when we've done that are Chelsea away today and Chelsea at home when we kept, we made we yeah. idiotic decisions on the ball. Um, you know, whether it's a bogey team issue and it's just one of them or, you know, whether Lampard's kind of got our number a bit, but we conceded that, um, was it Tamori? got an absolute delta yeah. at home and the heads went and it just felt the same today and the we went 2-0 down i mean we we, we showed a bit of fight second half um and you could argue we weren't really in it an awful lot in the first half i thought it was fairly even you know for the first 40 minutes i mm-hmm. thought i i i paid this down for a draw um and for the first 40 minutes i thought you know that's solid we're not you know not a lot of sticking to Jimenez, but Doherty was getting forward well. Um, yeah. Johnny was getting forward well. And I thought, you know what, keep this up second half. Something some usually drops for Jimenez. That, that was sort of my thought process. Um, but as soon as... I think it was 1-0 at halftime, I could have seen us kind of building up that momentum. As soon as the second one went in, you know, for writing was on the wall, especially sort of two before halftime, and I think that's what will disappoint
2: them the most. Absolutely. I mean, for me, the free kick, it's not a free kick. I I think it's pretty cut and dry about that. But I don't want to take anything away from the free kick itself. I love seeing a dead ball um, goal. I think it's a fantastic free kick. And I've got no complaints about the free kick. I don't think anybody could have done anything any differently other than grow six inches to try and block it. Do you know what I mean? Um, No real issues from that point of view. The second goal, though, um, is calamitous in the extreme for me. I mean, yes, you're absolutely right. Why at that time in the game are we lumping balls forward from a free kick? You know, yes, to allow the, um, to allow the header to lose possession. Okay, it's a 50-50 header. So, okay, not fantastic, but it happens. We, they get the ball up so quickly, Chelsea. And to me, Sace is, a, is, is at most fault for me. Because mm. he doesn't commit to marking Giroud. He doesn't commit to attacking Mount. He's just stuck in no man's land allowing Giroud the easiest running on goal. Um, and then Cody, exactly as you said, George, you know, how has he allowed Giroud to get around him and, and get that shot away? It's just, it's calamitous. And, you know, I feel for Safe in a way because he's been moved around from pillar to post um, in, in different roles. And, you know, we, we've talked about on a lot of occasions how actually Especially when Bolly was out, who he's, he's he's been a good standing replacement, and he's been you know one of the reasons why we haven't shipped a load of goals this season. But it definitely wasn't his finest moment, for sure today. No. Maybe I I'm being overly what? critical, just in anger, but it was just for me. You know, he, he, that's a that's a defensive fundamental. You you pick you pick what you're going to do. You either mark the striker, or you commit earlier to block the pass, and he's done He's done nothing. Jordan, am I being too harsh? No,
3: no, you're not, no. And I think that, as well, like, you know, with Conor Cody, and I don't want to criticise him at all, but it sort of fits the Conor Cody narrative. Um, big physical strike up against him. Rubbish. Mitrovic did it to him in the Championship, Fulham, and in the Premier League. Giroud's done it today. Abraham tore him a new one earlier on in the season. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a great captain, great leader, but that's where the limitations of playing a uh, central midfielder, centre half, is physically. He isn't up to it in terms of you know on the ball, fantastic. And you know when we're on the front foot, he's a brilliant, you know, brilliant. And I never want to see him go. I'd give him a lifetime contract, but that is the that is the flaws of playing Connor Cody. As soon as he gets yeah. tagged, you know, pulled up against a big man, he always comes out second best, <laughs> and that's that's a shame, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know these are Drew you know he's a World Cup winner you know there's no disgrace in that um, you know Mitrovic is a handful but you know I, I fancy him any time he's playing you know Aguero I'd not had any change out of him in two seasons for Man City Yeah. no I fancy him though it's just any time a big bloke comes up against him six foot plus and a bit physical he, he he's not he's not right for, for the system and again it showed it today for me
2: absolutely I was going to say so
1: sort of two points on that um, I think you Bang on with when, when you're sort of saying about Drew he, you know, he's a quality player, he's a World Cup winner. Chelsea on a bad team, you know, they've they finished in the league table, you know, but it is it, not a case of Wolves were done against a bad team. Don't get me wrong, they've conceded a lot of goals this season. They also won a lot of goals, uh, but won a lot of games, even, and they, you know, they they have the potential to be a really good team across that park. They've got. High quality international players, quick players, and dynamic players as well. Um, With with Cody, it's interesting. I don't. I think I wouldn't say physical. Yeah, I say he's not good against a physical striker, but I say he's not good against a striker with physical attributes. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about the game early on in the season against Chelsea, he had an absolute nightmare against the speed of Tammy Abraham. And there's been a few times when he's been up against a, you know, a genuinely fast, quick centre forward and struggled. But at the same time, you say he struggles against a a classic target man sometimes as well. And I think because he is by trade, you know, he's a, a midfielder playing a sweeper in the middle of back three, he can, and he knows how to defend. And he's shown that he is a good defender and he can put his body on the line and making deceptions and do the rest. But I think when it comes down to that extra level of quality needed just to challenge somebody on physical attributes, the way let's say Bolly can, he, that that's what fundamentally I think lets him down. Mm. Um, but apart from that, he, he's kind of got everything else you need in that position. It's, I guess it's a bit of a trade-off and, you know, that, that, that's the reason he plays in the middle of the back three, you know, with, with the likes of Bolly next to him, who can, you know, go toe-to-toe on and, you know, Sace on his day or Dendonko on his day as well.
2: Yeah. Um. um I mean, listen, there's there's so many pros to Cody that, you know, you're right, it's a trade-off in, in, in some instances. But, you know, if you are looking to get to that elite level, do you, do you, you know you have to ask the question is it good enough to get to that elite level well that's something that you know we'll thrash out I'm sure at the end of the season review um, and, and and well into next season because he's not going to be going anywhere and, and I don't think he should at this point
1: no I think, he, I think he's still got a vital role to play
2: in this team and squad yeah um, I just want to touch on before we jump in with um, the view from the other side we've made well it's been it's been said that Nuno sometimes isn't dynamic enough when it comes to substitutions he's rolled the dice today and I think for the first time that I can remember um, we've had a and obviously this is helped by the fact that you can have five subs now but a, a triple substitution um it was at this point that I, I realized or I noted that I thought we've lost any sense of shape here or any sense of yeah um any sense of a plan let's it just felt very much like a group of talented individuals that have been lumped together and didn't really have a, a plan or a, a tactic going forward. Um, Rich, what was your what was your views on that? Do you, you know when, when we've made the subs, did you have any hope that anything was gonna was gonna happen? You know, we brought Traore on, and that often has led to success, especially in the in the second halves of games. But did you have any hope when the subs came on? Um, over Oviedo and, and Podence, so that anything was going to happen. I think
1: when when Troy came on, I did because he immediately started driving the defenders. I've got a bit of a thing about Troy playing right wing back mm-hmm. because I feel that he obviously he can drive the ball forward from deep, but I don't like him starting in that far deeper position. I think that whole you know I I've thought when he's got the freedom playing in the front three um, and having someone like Doty behind him. So for him to come on and then for 15 minutes later to, to then get pushed back, it, it does feel a little bit square pegs round holes for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I've got frustrated with Nuno with some of the subs. I think a lot of people have the lack of him using them a lot of the time. I think he said it doesn't fit with our processing system, and you know he's been a big advocate to moving back to a free subs. And initially, I was sort of of the opinion, well, you've got to adapt and move with the times. You know, there was a point you know, but even when I first started watching football, that you could only have five subs on a bench and now it's seven. Oh, well, it was seven at the start of this season. And, you know, there's a point where you could only have, you could only make one sub in a game. So there's a level of adapting with the time, but I think you're right that when they, when we have made mass substitutions, um, sounds like my, my asteroid when I say mass substitutions, Um, it, it doesn't kind of quite work for them. And it, you know, and Podance came on and I like him, um I really do, and he kind of made himself busy, but almost too many things happened personally I've met you know you take off doherty and maybe you know i I don't know, you bring on Vannagara and shift Johnny out to the right, and you kind of keep those extra players moving forward. I don't know um and so I don't know it's all ifs and buts, I think, but you are right that this squad doesn't quite. Um, know how to handle it, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But when you're two nil down and
2: you need a response, um, that, that that it didn't come with the subs. Okay, I have the final say on the Chelsea uh, game. Then, in terms of um, the second half and the lack of kind of chances that we've created, and the 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 fact that. Once again, we, we we feel a bit we're a bit toothless when it comes to creating, um, when we aren't on our best form.
3: Well, in one word it was wank, wasn't it? Like that's like being around the bush. Yeah.
2: Like, you know, I sort
3: of again, me and Sue got a few pells for Sheffield United. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna take my words back. But it's that thing, like I said at the start of this podcast as well, I just felt that It's all about intent, really. And again, I feel like we've approached the game with no intent. Like, I never thought from minute one to minute 90 that we ever looked like or even shaped up to win that game today. And that's what's the disappointing thing is for me. And again, we're going to to go into it in more detail on the season review. But since the lockdown, we've, you know, we've got Arsenal, Sheffield United, Burnley, and today has ultimately cost us arguably top four. Um, It was there for the taking. And, I think we all, you know, I was a big advocate. I thought we'd get in the Champions League spots, especially from where we got ourselves to. Um, But looking back now, hypothetically, we beat 16th, 17th and 18th.
0: Mm. Since
3: the, you know, we haven't beat anyone around us. So, seventh, yeah, it's a decent season again. You know, we've got more points than last season. Fantastic. But looking at where we were i think it's a massive disappointment and i think it's a real real yeah. flat end to the season
2: i think we need to be realistic and, and and if it had gone the other way um and results had gone in a way where actually coming towards the end of the season we we built some momentum, momentum and finished in 7th i think we'd have we'd be we'd be having a different conversation but it's the hope that kills you isn't it we know that um, yeah. it's, 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 it's what could have been and, and we look back on certain goals and certain games where you think to yourself if right, it was only you know if it was only that one goal difference the butterfly effect what could have happened but,
3: yeah. but to add to that though right? Matt sorry as well just to add to that though look where Leicester have come well yeah you know what I mean and that was at the start you know it was there for us 100% it was there for us and I do think it's a massive opportunity to miss because you know lo and behold if Arsenal win the FA Cup as well and then we're getting knocked out of the Europa League. That squad's getting ripped apart. It
2: ain't staying around. Well,
3: because um, yeah. a lot of them deserve European football. So, well, with
2: undoubtedly, that, that'll happen. With that, we're going to have a view from the other side um, and speak to uh, a Chelsea podcaster who, hopefully, by the miracle of um, Zoom, we're going to get David uh, from the Chelsea fancast on. David, can you hear me, bud?
4: I can. Can you hear me?
2: I can hear you loud and clear. Welcome oh, to uh, Wolves Fancast. Really nice to have you on. Thank you for joining us today.
4: Pleasure.
2: Um, a result that obviously is fantastic for Chelsea, not so fantastic for Wolves. However, we are now Chelsea's biggest fans going into the <laughs> um, the FA Cup final. Um, how did you see the game from Chelsea's point of view? You know, you, you didn't really, as far as I'm concerned, um, weren't really troubled by us. If I'm honest, how did you see the game and how did you feel your goals? Um, you know how how did they went and would you have done anything any differently? I'd, I'd, I'm guessing not.
4: Well, yeah, scored more, so I didn't have to go through the last forty five minutes feeling rather sick, knowing that Chelsea <laughs> have a proclivity for letting goals in. But I thought, you know, first kind of well, for most of the first half really, I thought it was a very even game. They kind of cancelled each other out in a way. It was interesting that Frank stuck with the three four three which I thought he might do, uh, you know, knowing that the Wolves play three-five-two, 5 2 you need, wouldn't want to get dominated in midfield. So, yeah, I mean, they looked kind of nervy. It was a really tight game. And, you know, as you will as you know, I mean, you're big football fans, goals change games. And, uh, you know, Alonso dived a bit. Don't think it was a free kick myself, if I'm really honest. And uh, Mount put it away beautifully, actually. I thought it was a really good free kick from Mount. Really pleased to see yeah. him score. And uh, then the sucker punch, you know, minutes later when uh, Mount put Giroud through, and I thought I thought Oli did really really well. Actually, he kind of had no right to score that goal, and he still managed to get it in. So, once that went in, I felt a, a little bit more comfortable. But as I said, you just you know this is Chelsea, you know they're, they're nearly always going to give you chances. But I have to say, if I'm really pleased with anything today, it was the way that they defended, and I thought they you know mm-hmm. Zuma and Rudiger actually looked like proper centre backs today, and I think. You know the fact that they had a keeper that they felt a lot more confident in spoke volumes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were talking prior to you coming on about how toothless Wolves were in creating chances and actually troubling Chelsea in the first place. And you, you know, you would be pleased um, from your point of view that Chelsea didn't really have a lot to to defend against. Um, as you mentioned, we've said, yep, we think it's a dive for Balanza, but you cannot take anything away from that free kick. Um, it's 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 spectacular. It's um, You know, if it was for any other game, you'd be getting up and applauding. You'd be really happy to see it. In terms of kind of Mason Mount, um, his progression must be pleasing for you guys. Is there anybody else next season looking ahead who Wolves fans should be fearing playing in the next set of fixtures? Maybe like any any young, young players that are kind of coming through the ranks that haven't had as much of a chance this season but might next? Well,
4: you know, most of them have played
2: this season. Well, it's true, yeah.
4: For, yeah, for the obvious reason. But <clears throat> I think Mount has been just astonishing this year. And I think it's, I mean, you know, you know how nuts social media is uh, for, for football supporters. And, you know, a lot of these young guys have been getting a lot of abuse, which in a way tells you that a lot of supporters have actually forgotten that this is their first year in the Premier League. And I mean, yeah. Mount's, I think, started over 50 matches this season. He's clearly the foundation upon which you know frank wants to build the next chelsea side mm-hmm. and he's just been superb as far as i'm concerned i mean he he he's kind of you can see that it's like having frank lampard on the pitch in a sense you know i think i think he really really trusts him uh, his energy uh, in the press i mean he sets the tone i can't i can't speak highly enough of him but in terms of next year Um, You know, I'd like to see Ruben Loftus-Cheek come more into it. I mean, he's just coming back from a really nasty injury, so he's only really had a bit part to play. Uh, You know, Gilmore, who, Billy Gilmore, was fantastic when he came in. Uh, Sadly, he got a knee injury and had to have an op, so he's out for a few months. But I'd like to see him push on. Uh, I think Tammy Abraham really needs to prove that... uh, I, again, this sounds a bit unfair because he scored fifteen, seventeen goals in all competitions this season, yep. which you know for a nineteen, twenty-year-old is phenomenal. But I'd still like to see more from him. I hope he gets more of a chance. I think the real, the real question mark is around Hudson Adoy. You know, I mean, he he burst onto the scene a bit last season, got got a few England games as well, then got a nasty injury. He's a bit, you know, big Billy Big Bollocks if you see what <laughs> I mean. So he, he needs to kind of you know walk the walk as well as talk in the talk. But, you know, it seems really churlish to criticise some of these kids because that's what they are. They're kids. And the thing is, they're playing for a a top four side. I mean, you know, irrespective of whether we'd got in or not, that's where people expect Chelsea to be. You know, so they have a lot of pressure on them. So I I can't speak highly enough of them. But obviously, yeah, I want to see a lot more from a few of them next season.
2: Yeah. I mean, for for, for a lot of Wolves fans, next season um, the aim will be to solidify uh, the team as a top six team and break that barrier that so many other teams in the past have found it difficult to do. Chelsea, obviously, Frank in charge. I think you would have been forgiven um, people if you didn't make the top four. And I know that's not Frank Lampard's ambition. However, what's Chelsea's aim next season? What What's the possibilities? You know, what are you looking to do going forward? And where do you think you'll end up, um, you know, in, in the next season with transfers, being able to, you know, Frank being able to put his hand in his pocket and spend. What's the the aim for next season? I think it's
4: going to be really interesting next season. And, and, you know, you're right. I I think, I mean, I didn't expect Chelsea to to, to do much better than mid-table this season, hand on heart. Mm -hmm. I certainly didn't think we'd get top four, let alone get into an FA Cup final. Um, I really really hope that we win the FA Cup next Saturday because it'd be phenomenal if we could do that, and especially for Frank. But I think next season is intriguing because, you know, clearly we're allowed to spend a lot of money and we've already, you know, hooked up Timo Werner, who looks a hell of a player. Ziyech is a good player. If we get Havertz, which a lot of people are saying we're in, you know, we're in a good position to do. Again, he's another huge talent. Um, I really do think we absolutely have to have a world-class goalkeeper. You know, you you win titles built around, you know, a really, really good defence, which means a good spine. And we don't have a good spine. You know, we don't have a, a world-class keeper. And we don't have a world-class centre-back. And I, need, I think we need both to really be challenging. Uh, I think that we're a long way behind City and Liverpool. So, you know, I think realistically, I think, you know, top four, absolutely. And, and you know, again, a bit of a tilt at the trophy and perhaps making a better fist of the Champions League than we have done because we're going to get booted out by Bayern <laughs> next week, no doubt. I, mean, I have to say they're the best team that I've seen play at the bridge this year, Bayern. Mm. They were yeah. phenomenal. And I think this is why it gets tricky, because suddenly the whole game park has changed because, you know, this season nobody expected Chelsea to do well. Nobody expected much from Frank, full of kids, yada yada yada. Next season, the kids will have had a year's experience. Frank will have achieved something that nobody expected him to do, and they've had to spend a load of money. And I think the pressure and the expectations on Frank will yeah, be yeah. so much greater next season. And I have to say that worries me. Because this is Chelsea. What I would like to see them do <laughs> is to really look at what Liverpool did with Klopp. Yeah, and say, look, just give him three, four, five years. Get him in a situation where he's got the team that he wants. Do some surgical buying, buy the right players, the right positions, and, and and evolve it more organically. My worry is is that that's just not what Chelsea do. So that if we if we don't do as well next season as we did this season, then I think it could be problematic.
2: Mm-hmm. Last question for me, and I'll turn it over to the to the other gents if they I want to ask anything. I'm going to give you um, I'm going to give you. The magic wand, you could sign any Wolves player next season to improve Chelsea. Who are you signing and why? Well, I, I'm tempted to say Traore because he's a beast,
4: man. I mean, good he grief. Muscles on him. Uh, and he's a good player. I mean, Wolves have got... I, Wolves are a fascinating side for me. and I, I think, you know, you look at the first half being so tight. They, they were so well-organised, so well-disciplined. They got a lot of time for Nuno, who's, a, I think, a super manager. I think if I was going to sign one player at the moment, it would be a toss-up between Patrizio and uh, Cody. I think I'd probably go for Cody. I like him. He's a good player. Underrated.
2: Well, I'd urge you to listen back to this podcast and hear the rant from us all about well, Cody <laughs> <laughs> about, <Yeah. laughs> about 15 minutes ago. But I, I, it's I know one of those. And, and it's and horses
4: of Yeah, and he got beasted by Tammy when we did G5-2 up at Molyneux exactly. earlier in the season. I, I know that. But he's... You know, he's a good player. He's a good, solid Premier League defender. Uh, interesting. So, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I like him. What can I say? <laughs> I you know, don't have to watch him you know, every week. So, you know, maybe yeah, that's... the
2: view from the other side. And it's interesting that you, that you say that because, you know, you know, we we watch week in, week out, and we have our own opinions. And then it's interesting to see somebody that maybe will only watch us once or twice a season, or maybe a bit more when the, you know, when when your own team isn't playing. But it's it's one of those really, um, lads. Rich, George, is anything that you want to ask David before we wrap up?
1: Um, yeah, I, 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 you kind of always half answered it in terms of the uh, Patricio one because for me he's been quietly probably our most consistent player over over the season in my opinion, and you know he does he does the unspectacular very well more often than not, and when you compare it to um, the Chelsea uh, Kepper in goal for Chelsea and what's kind of gone on there recently, it. I guess, sort of, what do you kind of see the way forward with that situation? Because he came for so much money, and I don't know. Like you, you build a football team from the, you know, from the back forwards, and Chelsea seem to be doing it the opposite way round at the moment with some of the uh, acquisitions they've made. And you know, basically, do you think he's going to stay around next season, or you know, is it likely um, that Keppa's going to Kepa's going um, to stay really?
4: Well, I mean, I think, you know, obviously it depends on if they're going to get anybody in. I suspect that they're very much looking to get somebody in. I think it was really interesting. I I think I tweeted uh, before, you know, sometime last week after the Liverpool game that, you know, Frank's got the biggest decision of his career to make today, and that is to drop Kepa. He he had to play Caballero. I mean, you could see in the Liverpool game that, that Kepa's head's gone. You know, and the players have lost confidence in him. And you cannot have that with a keeper. You've got to have confidence in your keeper. Whether he stays, I I, I can't see him staying. But the trouble is, as you so rightly said, they spent 72 million quid on him. Somebody upstairs has made a massive, massive error. Uh, I mean, if you look at his track record at Bill Bow, it wasn't that impressive there either. So not many people had heard of him before he came in. He's got an appalling statistical record, and I mean, I I know that football, in my book, is not about statistics, but it is there for all to see. Um, I cannot see how he stays, but the difficulty is, is you know, who's going to buy him? I think the best solution is this: is that we buy a really decent keeper, and I don't mind. I mean, you know, the people that have been put in the press are Anana from Ajax. Oblak would be Oblak would be superb if we could afford Hmm. him. Um, But I I would even go for somebody like Nick Pope. I mean, you know, there are good keepers out there. Who are better than Kepper, and I think then what happens is that Keppel would probably get loaned back to Spain. Hopefully, have a good season over there, which means his resale value goes up, and we can we can flog him off. And you know, I think somebody upstairs has got to realize that they made a massive rick, and they need to sort it out.
1: Yeah, I Fair think um, I think you think you're bang on. And uh, personally, I think Caviero being in goal definitely helped Chelsea today, just because I think I don't know either the defence had more confidence in Caballero or it meant that, because he is second string, they dropped that little yard deeper and it did sort of restrict yeah. balls up a bit more and just I don't know like, I mean, it's ironic isn't it that Kepa's actually been one who's needed more uh, protection so to speak and he's just not provi- just hasn't really kind of worked out for him the last two seasons um, but, you know, today they just, Chelsea just looks solid at the back it, I know felt like just a bit in a wake-up call with the, with the keep situation as well.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Two of the best, I mean, that, that I mean, you know, you, I know you're probably all a bit fed up and annoyed that Wolves didn't create much. And I mean, look, this is something that I often say, you know, when I'm reacting, on, reacting to the reactions on social media and on my own Chelsea fancast. You know, football fans have an amazing ability to forget that they are actually playing another team and that mm. other team can play well. You know, and I think I think we defended really, really well as a team. You know, we pressed high up the pitch. We were solid in midfield. And you can't always say that about us. And I think this is why the 3-4-3 four, three, three, four, three is better for us. Mm. And I thought they defended really, really well. And that's why Wolf didn't have much of a sniff. I don't think it was, you know, lack of any effort. I mean, yeah, they could have been you know, more creative, I, I get that. But they played against a, a, a tide today that defended really, really well. And that's one of the best defensive displays I've seen by us this season. The other being uh, United in the Cup the other week. And guess who was in goal for that match? Willie yeah. So mm. I think it makes a big difference.
2: Fair enough. Um, well, we wish you the best of luck in the FA Cup final. Obviously, it has massive implications yeah. for Wolves as well. So we are going to be um, not-so-secret, Chelsea fans. Um, for you guys and, and hope you can uh, do the business. But David, we really appreciate you having you on. Yeah, pleasure. Um, thanks. I think we'll take a break at this point. I think I need a lie down. So we'll see you in the second half and we were going to preview Olympiakos, and we're going to do the quiz.
0: Hey,
3: it's David here. Now, I know you, you love a bloody good website, don't you? Look, come on, you do. You like a good website. If you're on your phone, you're on your computer thinking, I want to see a bloody good website, I'm going to go find one right now. If you want a bloody good website and you want one for yourself, for your business, why don't you go check out our sponsors, pixelyetimedia.com. They don't just do websites, of course. They do loads of different things for your marketing needs, such as design work and brochures. And they do our website as well, wallsfancaster.com. It's a really good design. We're really pleased with the work over at the guys at pixelyetimedia.com. So, again, you're looking at some websites, you're thinking, oh, I really want a website that looks that good just for me and my business. Why don't you go check them out right now at Media?
2: Welcome back, everybody, to the second half of Wolf Fancast. Um, we're going to preview Olympiakos now uh, and try and be a little more positive about what will happen um, in the second tie of the game. George, we're 1-1 on aggregate. We've got the away goal. What do you see happening in this game? And who, out of Sevilla or Roma, should we get through? Would you like to face?
3: Um... Uh... I don't know, is the honest answer. I mean, I feel really flat after today's performance, yep. if I'm honest with you. I mean, if we turn up like we have today, forget about it. And it was the same, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the Sheffield United performance, the Burnley performance, the Arsenal performance, Chelsea today, anything like that, we, we forget about it, we're getting knocked out. Um, you know, I do think we've got, obviously that away goal is massive and vital, and we're going to have that little bit of positive, I think, that Olympia costs, um haven't played as, as recently as we have but yeah. I know that I know that they've won the, the title again and they've gone through the season beaten. and we saw in the first game really that you know they're a good team and they give Tottenham problems earlier on in the Champions League obviously knocked Arsenal out as well so can't really take them for granted um, I think if we do get through I mean I've had this conversation with some of my friends as well I do it's a coin toss, really. The one thing I will say is these aren't the Rome, the versions of Roma or Seville that have been in the last mm-hmm. five to ten years. You know, Seville won the Europa League three years on the bounce and Roma got to the semi-final Champions League. These aren't the same teams as those versions. So, if we get through, um, I still think we will get through. Either or, either I think it's going to be a difficult game. They're obviously there on merit. But... I do think, as well, playing over 90 minutes of football, one-legged games, should suit us quite well. Yeah, so, yeah. I feel that if we get past Olympiakos, I, I fancy to have a run. I, I fancy to get through to the semi-final. I really do.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I really hope it doesn't come down to us playing United in the semis. Then again, that would mean the style of Sol back and Derby, wouldn't it? Um, which is terrifying in itself. <laughs> because of just poetic... poetic um, Justice, really, I guess. Rich, in terms of Olympiacos, then, what does Nuno do in terms of a formation of team? We've got an unusually long break now between now and the game in relative terms compared to how many games we've played in yeah. such a short period of time. If you're Nuno, what are you doing in terms of squad formation? Do we give players that haven't had as much time a chance or is is, is it just balls to the wall, we we'll put the strongest eleven out and, and just get the job done?
1: I, th- I think the latter, right? Personally, I'd go 3 Your standard, well, I'd say your standard back three. I'd be tempted to just put Dendonka in there over Sace, but not picky. And go for a trial Jimenez, and probably Neto um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, up front. And you know we've we've got the one-nil um, lead from the first game. I think just see it see it through. They've been playing better in a 3-4-3 than in a 3-5-2 regardless of that one you know that that slender advantage I, I you say balls to all, let's just go for it and get the job done and uh you know see see what's in front of us
2: yeah I mean for purely selfish reasons well I suppose it doesn't really matter now because we're not going to be going there anyway <laughs> I'd have loved to us to have played Roma um uh, really enjoy watching them play. Much like Giroud, I'm a massive fan of um, Eddie Jecko, and I would love to have had the opportunity for a team that I support to play that team mm. and, and, and play there. But let's, get the, let's focus on getting the job done first with Olympiacos, get over the line with that. And then, you know, what do we consider in retrospect? I mean, at the start of the season, we were talking about, you know, there's no reason why we can't win this competition. If we were to make the semis, would that signal a success in Europe for you, George? Um <clears throat> oh yeah, I mean if,
3: if you look at it isolated, then hundred percent, you know, anything for me at the start of the season, I said if we got through the, the group stages and had a top ten finish, I'd be happy this year. Yeah. And uh we we finished seventh in the Premier League, we're in the last sixteen and I'm sitting here pissed off. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's football, that's football, that's football. Yeah, um but yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you say, look at, in an isolated view, 100%, it's a cracking effort. And um, I even think getting through to the quarterfinals is a big achievement for us in our first year back in Europe. A lot rests on, a lot does rest on this on this FA Cup game for us now. And I mean, yeah. I can just I've got a horrible feeling Arsenal are going to win it. I've just got this horrible, horrible stinking feeling they're going to go and win it. And then, um, yeah, I mean. then when you look at it, we need to win it if, if that happens like for me we've got to win it otherwise like I said earlier I think this squad gets ripped apart is probably a strong objective to use but I, I think we'll lose a few I really do yeah. um, so hopefully you know, if Chelsea win the FA Cup I'll be a lot more relaxed about how well we're doing in the Europa League than if Arsenal win the FA Cup where then I think we've got to win it to keep this squad together
2: Mm -hmm. I think you're right and and that's the biggest fear isn't it you know we want to be building on this squad not losing and and having to play catch up for what we would have had before Um, and the cruel irony is the biggest game now of our season Wolves aren't even playing um, which is horrible in itself but you know it's one of those what we're going to do guys we're going to try and end on a positive we're going to do the quiz um, by positive I just want to hear you guys struggle trying to answer, <laughs> answer smash coach. so it's, it's the kind of new format that we've been doing recently where it's going to be two different uh, questions smashed together to create your answer um, so we'll start off with a pretty easy one and we'll talk you through it if you don't get it so I want to know who is the former Wolves and Chelsea midfielder who might have sung Karma Chameleon <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> no. No, no it's gonna go, go well passed. for this quiz you're no. struggling on this one, boys. I'm not gonna lie. I I passed.
3: I can't even think of a Wolves and X ex, ex-Wolves and Chelsea midfielder. So yeah, I've got to pass, unfortunately.
2: Which have a guess before I time you out?
1: I've just got culture clubs sticking ahead, I can't move past it. Yeah, um, I know, I can understand. Boy Joy
2: Timing you out, I'm timing you out. <laughs> like Boyd George, uh, timing you out. The answer is yeah. boy George Savile. George
1: Savile. Oh. Oh.
2: So nil for nil. Okay. Okay. Two, this, two it, open it, goals could, you've missed there, boys. I'm not going to lie. Could, okay. could
1: this be the first complete double whitewash? Okay.
2: <laughs> so I don't think you're going to get this on the uh, the one area, but scorer of an own goal in the reverse fixture and the 16th U.S. president.
3: Abraham Lincoln.
2: So who's the who's well, Tammy tam,
3: tam, 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 Abraham Lincoln?
2: There we go. So George off the mark. <laughs> yes. good, one. good one. Well done, mate. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is a bit of a mouthful, but Spanish defender for Wolves in the reverse fixture and Chelsea's most successful manager. Jesus, Jose Mourinho he's got it he's got it and he did I was going to go the, I was gonna
3: go the other way round so I think yeah. it
2: could work both ways yeah so we tied one for one uh, okay so Chelsea spur che- easy for me to say Chelsea shirt sponsor a nursery rhyme about a group of visually impaired rodents
1: three blind mice <laughs> oh I was ready you can, really, you can tell sorry, he's got kids I had your stuck in the head for a second <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, I don't know what we're going to do if we have a tie break. We might have to go for a a more numerical standard quiz question. Um, but, let's go for it. Last question. A legendary Italian at Chelsea forward mixed with a Star Wars smuggler?
1: Oh, I've got it. Jean um, Gianfranc- Franco Hansola?
2: Hansola? Gian- <laughs> I'm... Oh. Um. You're out. I'm sorry. I, I can't accept that. You, well, I can't accept it because it's wrong. <laughs> but, oh.
1: <laughs>
2: George, can you uh, can you tie the series, mate? Uh, uh,
3: Gianfranco
2: Zola Fett? Oh,
3: uh, I'm just trying. No, it doesn't You're really work. Does it? Fett,
2: I'm afraid it work, that, that's does also it? incorrect.
3: Uh, it is definitely incorrect. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So
2: <laughs> the answer County. was you. You, you, you both had the first Lando. bit right. You both had the first yeah. bit right. It's Gian uh, Gianfranco Zolando Calrizian. Yeah. Oh. But Rich, don't despair because I'll, I'll at take, two to I'll, one, I'll, I'll... you were the winner. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. I feel I feel like uh, Aston Villa has sort of stayed up just like from being slightly less shit than the other two <laughs> teams today.
2: No, so I want to thank um, Dan for uh, putting the quiz together as always. Our resident um, quiz master extraordinaire is, um, some good ones. I really like that format. To be fair. So I just want to wrap up um, the pod, guys. It's been a long old season in terms of the amount of games played, obviously, and the amount of podcasts that we've done. And just because the games have ended, that doesn't mean there isn't some content that um, we have out there that um, you can listen to. Um, We've got tons and tons and tons of episodes this season, including David's had the media series, which is really excellent. Um, We've got film casts that Andy Gillard has headed up. um, And my personal favourite, stories from the pack by um hoops where we talk about our memories um of our time with wolves and the amount of kind of highs and lows that not only us as fans but some names that you'll recognise as well. There's a lot of content out there in the archives. So take a listen back if you're finding you need that football fix because we've got a bit of time now between now and Olympiacos um and there's plenty of content out there for you guys to listen to and keep your eye out for the end of season review. So I'll sign off from me, Matt Guy, thank you very much for listening. Do you want to say bye, Rich?
1: Goodbye, everyone.
2: George, do you want to say bye? Ciao. Ciao, indeed. Take it easy, guys. Look after yourselves.